If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at Pain Nonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction. And sometimes those mm-hmm. mental challenges that we run up against can be just as detrimental to the physical and, and even, uh, you know, some of our yes. uh, um, spiritual challenges too, right? And, yes. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. But it, it's interesting. Like we, we were aware of it, but yet why sometimes... We know that this might be the, the thing that's causing a lot of grief in our lives, but yet we just keep it's like a moth to light, right? We just keep, <laughs> right. we keep, keep going to it, you know? And I, that's the weirdest thing I think about human psychology is like a lot of times we know exactly what we need to do to get out of our own way and to get results. But man, we keep sabotaging it, you know? Why? Why the heck do we do that? Don't Hide the Scars, a weekly podcast focused on addiction and recovery. Created by the nonprofit Pain, parents and addicts in need, and founded by Flint Anderson. Welcoming to the Don't Hide the Scars podcast, I'm Manuel, joined founder of Pain, Flint Anderson, and myself, Jason Lachance. How's it going, my friend? It's going. It's going. It's like, <laughs> man, we're just coming off the long weekend. You know, kids are back in school. Gotta Sunshine love that. In. I can't complain, man. I can't complain, you know? Uh, well, you could. We might listen, but, but why? But why you Come on, know? man. You don't want to listen to me complain. Gosh, you just turn on TV to the, any news channel and you get your fill, you know? So uh, actually, uh, I don't need to contribute to that. Oh, uh, so it's no different up there in Canada than it is yeah, here in the States. Uh, we just apologize a little bit more frequently. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Uh, yeah, you uh, guys do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, Di, we're gonna have a, a wonderful discussion here today, but I do want to give people some relevance mm. to your your background. So, give us the Cliff Notes version of uh, Di used to be to Di Manual now. Huh. Well, listen, we've all been through our our well, let's just say roundabout way of dealing with change, and uh, yep. and I think a lot of us get to a place where it's like we, we keep fighting change and we keep fighting change, and then eventually we just like. Why am I fighting eh. this? What, what am I doing? Like, <laughs> this is silly. I'm not making any forward motion. In fact, I feel like I'm regressing in a lot of areas in life. And it, and yet, all of a sudden, maybe one day we wake up. There's usually that that moment, right? I, I know you guys have ESPN right. down there, but we have TSN up here. You know, the sports network, and we, we they have this thing right. called the TSN turning point. You know, it's always in those games where you know, like the the underdogs all of a sudden have a one play, and then all of a sudden it changes the dynamics of the entire game. And there's that right. turning point where everything changes. And uh, so if I think about some of those TSN turning points in my own life, you know, I was morbidly obese as a teenager. I, I, I've struggled with a, a chronic autoimmune disease, which means, you know, if my hematologist had it her way, I'd live in a bubble <laughs> on top of that, <laughs> on top of that, man, if, if there was a career in drinking, I would have been the most professional of professionals. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, I could have done some major shift work because I did. And, you know, a a better part of my adult life was spent dealing with that struggle with alcohol. And, uh, but, you know, in my early thirties, another turning point and I made some big shifts and, uh, I'm fortunate to say, you know, come, uh, this January will be 13 years that I've been sober and and wow. Good for you. Continuously walk away from the alcohol and not put it in my body and, and just make good decisions, you know? So yeah, thank you for the, 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 the acknowledgement there, but, uh, you know, 13 years is, uh, that's my magic number, man. 13 is my lucky number. So I'm, I'm actually really excited about going into this 13th year sober. So yeah, that's it. I like Hell it. Yeah. I like it. Hell yeah. As I'm excited for you. Um, how do you not get excited with that? Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's, he's, he's just an exciting guy. I'm just going to sit back and listen. I think, oh, to the whole thing today. That's kind of you, man. That's kind of you. It take, uh, takes one to know one though, you know? So, uh, it's all thank good. Thank you, brother. brother. Thank you. I will tell you, uh, definitely follow die, not only social media, but his website and amazing work that you're doing. And, you. and we'll definitely tap into that because you've been, uh, a, instrumental person for me in the friendship that we've developed uh you know i would say indirect mentor you don't even know how closely i'm watching i love it well thank you thank you you know and uh it's interesting but i I think we always get to that place in our lives where you know where we get so used to just trying to do things a certain way and, and we get frustrated with lack of results but then all of a sudden we meet somebody and they just offer one little perspective shift, just yep. just one little teeny instrumental, influential, you know, idea. 
But it, and mm-hmm. you take a hold of that idea and all of a sudden your entire life changes, you know? And then I think, I, I thank you for saying that about the mentorship because I also know in my own life, there's been certain people that have come into my life and then they've left. But when they were there, there was one interaction that just changed everything, you know? And, and, uh, and it's nice to know we're not so damn alone. <laughs> you right. know? Like, really? I mean, how many times Flint, during your, your, your journey of, of dealing with addiction, have you felt alone? Oh God. I, 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 I can't tell you how many times, but like you said, then there's, then there's that one moment, you know, where all of a sudden somebody just appears yeah. and, and, and again, it could be somebody that, that, I know this may not make sense, but it could be somebody that you've actually been talking to for a while that's been in your life, but really we've had no relevant <laughs> conversations, yeah, right. but then that one thing that he or she says, right. And bam, you're just kind of yeah. out of that aloneness Huge. and, you know, th- and that's the miracle of recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I really, I really believe that because you never know when, when those things are going to pop into your head or somebody's going to say something to you. Um, but you know, it's, it's that time in between Mm. that I, that I think a lot of people struggle with, you know, and I think that's where relapse happens. Um, maybe, maybe not a drug or alcohol relapse, but a mental relapse, Mm, right. That, that, that can be just as detrimental to us as an actual drug or alcohol relapse. That's a very good point. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get into that, that tweener stage, if you will. Oh God, I've been there too many times. (laughs) And and it's it, it's the 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 need to get out of our own damn way. Yeah, yeah. Easier said than I mean, done, though, man. I, I hate the cliches, but oh my god, is that tough? Like it's tough, right? Like it's just. And how many times, at least for me, do I self sabotage myself? You know, yeah. I'm I might be looking at something on social media, and all of a sudden go that son of a bitch. Okay, and 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 then you know, two minutes later, it's like. I just get past it, you know, just, just, just get past it. You know, Um, that's why I'm really trying not to look at social media too much. Good for you. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Like we do. I I think it's as much as we can apply filters to images. um, I I think we need our own filters to sort through a lot of the crap that just pops up in our feed. Right. Like I'm, I'm always, I mean, when my kids really, started using devices i became much more in tune with that you know like it's funny because we, we develop our own little habits on, on on social and just internet usage right screen time but when you start to see your kids and how it can influence their mood so quickly you, you realize man there's something to this you know and uh, it's just kids are much more susceptible to it they're not as mature and developed yet and so you know those little right. influences they make a big deal but but uh, to your point you know you talk about that mental shift right and sometimes mm-hmm. those mental challenges that we run up against can be just as detrimental to the physical and, and even, uh, you know, some of our yes. uh, um, spiritual challenges too, right? And, yes. Yeah. And, oh, and, yeah. But it, it's interesting. Like, we, we we're aware of it, but yet why sometimes we know that this might be the, the thing that's causing a lot of grief in our lives, but yet we just keep, it's like a moth to light, right? We just keep, <laughs> right. <laughs> we keep, keep going to it, you know? And I, that's the weirdest thing I think about human psychology is like a lot of times we know exactly what we need to do to get out of our own way and to get results. But man, we keep sabotaging it, you know? Why? Why the heck do we do that? You know? That is that yeah. that is probably the best statement I've heard in a long time. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, but it's the why. What, what, why do we insist you know, on just staying kind of in that bucket of crap, yeah. you know, yeah. when we don't have to, when it's as easy as pushing a button and saying goodbye, yeah. click, right. And it's done. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's like the proverbial red flags where we know right. we see them. And yes, yes. I, I don't know if it's ego, like, yeah, I can turn those red flags yellow, then green, or I don't know what the hell it is, but you know, I mean, I've ran to it with, with booze, with relationships, with uh, whatever it is. I mean, you know, I got a guy sitting next to me. It's like, I'm going to carry a gun across the uh, Mexico United States border Whoa. into Tijuana. Whoa. And yeah. a, load, a load of pills. Ah, hey, why yeah. not? Yeah. I mean, you know? Why not? Holy smokes. That is scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I actually did. That one. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, the so, fact that you're here to talk about it, that just says, okay, it, it ended up all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 But I mean, what were some of you, you know, the, uh, you've spoken openly and honestly about it with, you know, that you weren't being a good father, you weren't being a good husband. 
Um, not just the alcohol, but you've been honest about the infidelity that came with yeah, it. Like, yeah. you know, hand up every, every person that, that uses a substance, eventually that's going to come into play too. Yeah. It's just where we're at. Cause we, we don't like ourselves. Right. Yeah. So how did the turning point moment, which uh, refresh my memory on what it was, yeah. add so much significance to you that like change has to happen. Uh, thanks for that. You, you know, it's, um, <laughs> there's just a couple of things you said there. I, I thought was rather interesting it, more, more so because it was triggering some ideas and more sort of some thoughts, but uh, you, you know, that idea about, you know, being a father and, and recognizing that there was areas I was not performing well. And, and, and the interesting thing is it's really like whenever I wanted to turn it on and, and choose to be an engaged present and, and, and loving father, I could like, it, and I, I could be awesome for a week. And then mm-hmm. do something that completely undermines everything that I've just done, you know? So it's, it's yeah. uh, I've hinted at this before where, you know, it, I was really good at trying to negotiate with myself. Like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I'm a great dad. I'm a great dad. I've earned a night out. You know, I've earned a night where I can just, you know, let my hair down as they say, and just, you know, let it rip and it's okay. Cause I deserve this, you know, and, and just the way that we justify things and, negotiate with herself. I mean, I, I just, I was an excellent negotiator with myself. I really was, you know, and, and I could justify everything and try to, to, to justify all my actions and choices. It, but it got to a place where I could no longer do that in good conscience. And, and what I mean by that is, is, you know, I know, I know the pain and, and the, the disheartening that I was causing my family. I knew that like I was the energy in the family that was affecting everybody else's energy negatively. I was. And when I became super hyper aware to that, you know, obviously it even spiraled a little bit more because now you know, I'm feeling even more depressed, more self-conscious and, and my only and the true tested way of dealing with that up to that point in my life was with alcohol. You know, it's like, well, the more I feel that way, just don't worry. You can forget about it for a little bit. Just drink a few more drinks, you know, and do a few other things and just ignore the problem and deal with it later. But later never came. And my wife got to a place where, you know, she was pushing shove, um, it, you know, like it went from pushing, sorry, to shoving where, you know, she was like, I'm not going to accept this anymore. I, I, you know, as good as you are at negotiating with yourself and with me, as she would say, um, ultimately at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you say, the actions aren't backing it. And that's what she needed to see. She needed to see me take action. And, and you know what? I needed action too. I needed to start doing things differently than I was doing it up to that point. And um, she asked me a question and, and this is really the question that put everything into focus for me to make it really very easy for me to make a, a, a clear decision with full confidence. And, and she said to me, Di, are you being the type of man that you would want to marry your daughters. And it, that question, I, you know, and I, I've joked around before, you know, pardon the pun, but it was a sobering question uh, by all means, because it was in that moment, I was like, holy crap, I cannot defend myself against this. There's, there's no justification for who I'm showing up as and what I'm doing and these actions that I'm doing. Like, I can't say, oh yeah, but, you know, cause I was very good at always putting the conditional in there. Yeah, I might do that, but what about this and this and this and this and all the other good things I do? I provide for the family, you know, you guys don't ever have to worry about anything. And, and I'm there for the big stuff and, and I help out around the house. Like I would justify all this good stuff. Like it would automatically make it all the bad stuff, you know, nullify, you know, cancel out. And I couldn't do it anymore. And it was very, it was literally in that moment, I just made a decision. I was like, okay, well, I just need to, to, to make a commitment to, to remove alcohol from my life for a period of time. And that's what it, it started as it was a one-year commitment to go without drinking. And, you know, since the age of 17, and again, put this in context, this is like 15, 16 years later, that one year would be, you know, 12 times longer than the longest time I've ever gone without drinking during that 15 years. You know, like it was, I, I used to do like the sober month here and there, you know, to be one of the cool kids, but, uh, you know, that as soon as it got to day 31, you know, I was like, okay, where are we going tonight? You know, like it, it was really right. short lived. I didn't really learn anything from it, but, uh, that one year journey, it, it opened up everything for me, you know, cause I, I did have to now, rather than focusing on all the external reasons and justifications for acting as I was, I, I said, you know what, time to turn the mirror on myself and get really honest with why do I keep doing this? No more treating symptoms. I got to get down to the root cause of what the hell 
is making me feel this way about myself that I need to self-medicate so much. And, and that was it. I got to work, you know, I just got to work. And I think, you know, both of you have ex- probably identical stories. You get to that point and it's like, okay, I got to get to work to, to change this, you know, because no one can do it for you. Right. They can't. New Perceptions North, the premier drug and alcohol treatment and recovery center in Central California. A full continuum of medically supervised top quality care with programs for detox, inpatient residential treatment with dual diagnosis, intensive outpatient treatment, sober living, support groups, and more. With 50 plus years of combined experience and sobriety, Flint Anderson and Thelma Gatlin Wilson provide adult men and women with the highest caliber of professional health care, treating each client with compassion and respect in a safe, comfortable environment to begin the process of recovery to proudly create and sustain a life without addiction, call 559-978-1507 or visit newperceptionsnorth.com. Well, you know, it's, it was, it's interesting when you talk about those actions, because that's, that's what especially our significant others want to see. Our children want to see it, our wives, our spouse, you know, whoever, yeah. other people in the family. But what, what folks don't realize that are not us, mm-hmm. you know, um, it is extremely, it was, well, let me just put it this way. For me, it was extremely difficult to to actually know what those actions were (laughs) that I needed to change because, you know, 23 years of doing it Flint's way, (laughs) you you know, and all of a sudden, right. All of a sudden now, Oh, I I, got to change everything about myself. You know, well, Jesus, that ain't going to happen in the first six months, year, two years, three years, four years. So it was a learning process for me. Like I tell everybody those first four years, were, were not fun for me. They were, they were not fun. Yes. Was, was I clean and sober? Yes. But I was, I, and I wasn't on a dry drunk, as we say, I just, I just didn't know how to put that one foot in front of the other. And I'll tell you the, one of the reasons why today I'm a huge proponent of aftercare. I'm a huge proponent of outpatient, uh, sober living first, then, then outpatient. And I think outpatient needs to go for as long as somebody needs it whether it's yes. six months, one year, two years, I, I don't care. But I was 45 years old. I had a, I had a family. My, the first words out of my wife's mouth were, yes, I'm, I'm, I, cause she was pissed. <laughs> okay. there, there, there was nothing that this was there. This was not a happy woman in any way, shape or form. And, and, and it was basically, you've got to go back to work cause you have a family to support. Yes, you are going to go to your meetings, but other than that, your ass is going back to work because we need to pull ourselves out of this mess that you put us in. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Man. I love it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good on her, man. That's great. Oh, I'm yeah. telling you. And, and you know what, Diane, I'm still married to the same woman. So, so we just celebrated 43 years, which, uh, <laughs> be, yeah, but, but the awesome. kudos go to her. Not to her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I love that. Oh, Flint. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's to have someone that, that loves and cares, for you so much in life. I mean, that just, I mean, if that doesn't give you a huge boost of confidence in, in, in yourself in life, I mean, I don't know what will, you know? So that's, that's pretty amazing. Well, you know, it was, it was one of those things that I don't talk about some of this stuff too much, but sure. you know, we've known each other since we were 16 Wow. and our, and our families knew each other and we're a week apart in our birthdays. <laughs> and, and, and we just kind of knew, I mean, when, when we just knew we were going to get married someday, I never, we never dated in high school or college, never had a formal date. I'd, I'd hang out <laughs> with her. Right. And then, and then, and then it was the day before Valentine's day in, in 79 that I said, I, and I said it just like this, I go, I guess I'm asking you to marry me. <laughs> and, and, her, and her response was, well, I guess I will. And, and, and this, this is a true story. And we went, when we went romance. to our, yeah, when we went to our families, because her, her father had passed away when we were just born, but she had three brothers. And so I, I went to my family to tell them, she went to her family to tell them. And, and the first response out of both sides were, well, who are you marrying? And, and I said, Kathy, and, and, and she said, Flint and everybody goes, Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, and there it was. Okay. Yeah. So and there it was. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. Pretty beautiful. Story. beautiful. I, I think one of the things, and I've just, maybe cause I've been doing a lot more reading on this with where I'm at mm-hmm. is, is sure. We do an examination of our values and our morals, but it's the real reestablishing of our integrity, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, 
you know, morals and values play into integrity, of course, but it's just the point where you get, I know you've had it Flint. I've had it. I know you had it with the misses and your daughters where it's like, they don't question it anymore when it's uh, yeah, I'm going to go golf this weekend. Yeah. Are you sure you're not going to Tijuana with your gun <laughs> yeah, to get more? Right. Films, you know, <laughs> right. or, right. you know? And, and I, I, I think that's the, the, wow. the thing that I encourage people that are new to, to, Keep pushing through. You're going to kind of have to eat yeah. your own shit a little bit yeah, for are. a while while you figure out that process and, totally. and the underlying stuff. Like you said, there's a reason, you know, right. why we use it's, it's, it's not the substance. It's, it's, it's always something underneath. True enough. Yeah. You, you know, you know, it's, it's interesting. You said that because this, this weekend I belong at this one golf course and, and we have our big, it's called a our coyote tournament this week. All right. Yes. It's all, it's all, it's all members and, and it's, and it's going to be a kick in the butt. <laughs> and of course the, the majority of these guys, they drink. Okay. Right. And, and this, and, and this is a wild weekend and good for them. You know, I just can't. Um, but, but to the point of what you said, you know, Cause I told her, I said, Hey, the coyotes this weekend, she knew it was coming. And, and I'm basically going to stay too with the, with, with my buddies at their house, because I want to watch them. I want to make sure that these guys are okay. Right. If they have to go somewhere, I can drive them. Cause I'm the sober driver, but it's interesting because she never even questioned that. It's yeah. like, yeah, go for it. You know, you yeah. can do it. Cause she knows I'm not going to Tijuana with a nine millimeter. That's right. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. So it's, so it's pretty cool, but it's taken all these years yeah. for that to happen and right. people new in recovery sometimes they can't they can't see that right, right? they can't see sorry 20 20 years down the road 25 years down the road but right. i promise you if you stay clean and sober those good things will happen to you so true yeah you're right you're right it took a long time to regain that trust with my wife and um rightly so you know like i i had to earn that trust again and the only way to do that you're absolutely right on the integrity piece you know i had to walk the talk, you know, do what I was going to say and, and say what I was going to do. And mm-hmm. sure. It feels like, oh man, my life's being micromanaged. Uh, but that's what it takes uh, to be perfectly blunt. It's what it takes. You, you've got to simplify life to, to really put the time and the energy into this, into your recovery, into that redefining of, of who it is you want to be and, and getting clear and clear on, well, to be that person, how do I have to show up? What are the things I should be doing on the day to day, you know, and that, that, that took me a whole year to get clear on, you know, but as soon as I got clear on it and I really leaned into that, it just got easier and easier. And I, and I'm not someone that likes to use the term easy to, to loosely, because, you know, I, I know that's, it's not that same experience for everybody, but I found, you know, as hard as it was at the beginning, the more I stayed true to it, the more I kept honoring myself and choosing me over the bottle you know, me, my family, and the things that I truly do value, like that person I want to be and seen as, you know, it got easier to make the decision, like to the point now, like I don't think about it. I don't think about it. Like my wife implicitly trusts me. I could go anywhere, be around anybody. They can be doing whatever the heck they want under the sun. I don't care. It's their life, not mine, you know? And um, so I, I, you know, I appreciate what you said, Flint, because, you know, you've been living this path now for so long that you've got that trust again, you know, isn't that, a wonderful thing. Yeah. You know, I, I, the reason why I just kind of zoomed off here for a second, because I want, I wanted to read this. Jason posted something mm. the other day that I, that I shared and, and I really, and I love this. Okay. I absolutely love this. It says recovery is a process. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes everything you've got. <laughs> yeah. Well said. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and I love that. And, and I'm going to try to word this the, the best that I can. There are so many, especially our families, if they have to hear it takes time and you have to be patient with them and, you know, the, the butterflies and, the, you know, yeah. horseshit, they don't want to hear that after yeah. the damage that we have put on them and the rest of our families. Yeah. They want us to go through some tough times, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. That's, that's just the truth, you know, but that's why I love that last line. It takes everything we've got because it's not easy. This isn't about butterflies and rainbows, right? This is about sacking up. All right. And getting it done. Nice. Period. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Well said on both fronts. (laughs) I like it. I like it. 
What's the work that you did die in that first year that maybe you can share that's uh, I know it's powerful association association was the biggest one, to be honest, like when I really think back on it, it's like, who was I spending the most amount of time around? And, you know, who is feeding into my perspective and life, you know, and when I look at those, they were good people. But were they great for me and where I was and also the person I always thought I wanted to be? No, they weren't, you know, because they didn't align with that. And, and ultimately, when we really got down to, to values, you know, at the core, they, there was a little bit of overlap, but not very much, you know, because the value that we shared was, hey, we can tie it on pretty good, you know, we, we can play around a golf, but we'll spend actually more time on the 19th, you know, and right. like that was the association. And also to be fair, because I'd been like that for so long, I attracted a lot of that too, you know, like that reputation follows us, you know, yes, and, of course. And, and it did for me, like I'd go to trade shows in my industry and, you know, you'd be negotiating a deal with a supplier or a vendor and, you know, they'd be like, okay, well, we got the, the, we got the work out of the way. Now, where are you hanging out tonight? I want to come party with you, you know? And that was the thing. Like I had this reputation. People are always like, where are you going tonight? You know, cause they knew that if I'm tying it on, it will be a good time, but you know, uh, at what cost, yeah. at what expense, you know, yeah. and that's not the reputation right. I wanted. It's not who I, you yeah. know, you talk to me when I'm, you know, in my early twenties and getting into business for myself and, and, and building a business and, and ultimately, uh, you know, an awareness of me and, and what I stand for. And, and yet that's what people remember. I'm like, okay, I've, I've clearly done a good job of branding myself that way, you know? Yeah. And, and so when I started to make these shifts, I realized a lot of that was self-perpetuated by me. And, and if I wanted to have people look at me differently, I had to start showing up differently, but I also had to, to, to really get some help with that. Cause to be honest, you know, I removed the alcohol. That was my crutch. I learned how to function really well with that crutch. Right. And I take the crutch away and now I'm like, okay, yeah, I got a pretty gnarly limp here and I, I got to rehab this. I got to, I, I can't function properly. I got to learn a new way to deal with the overwhelm, my anxiety, my depression, you know, this mental health challenges that I had, like, because it's not going away. It's still right. there. You know, the challenges that I used to identify as why I drink, <laughs> they're not going away <laughs> when I stop drinking. You know, if anything, right. just be, I become much more present to it. And so for me, I, I, you know, in those first few months, I went and found a psychologist that I worked with for a couple months. And uh, my wife and I went to a relationships counselor and first session in, she's like, yeah, Christy, you know, um, I think it makes sense for die just to come back on his own. <laughs> so, you know, sure enough, I was going back on my own and uh, did a little bit of work with her as well oh. in communication. And, um, and then, you know, I doubled down on my health again. I got recommitted to my own health and well-being. All, all, all holistically, emotional, spiritual, physical, you know, psychological, like all, all those aspects. And I started saying, well, what do I need to do to build natural resiliency in all these areas? So when I have my down days, because I still do, do, I still deal with depression and anxiety? Hell yeah. It's still there. But I, when I'm down, man, I bounce back so much more quickly now. You know, I don't stay down. I acknowledge right. it. I own it. I give myself some time, but I bounce back out of that much more quickly. And that's my goal is not to eliminate the downs, but to learn how to, to bounce back from those when they happen. Because, man, I know for the rest of my life, I'm going to have those days, but I'm not going to drink on those days anymore. You know, I'm not going to do drugs right. on those days anymore. I'm not going to go and try to get my kicks with somebody else to make me feel better about who I am. You know, like that's what I chose to do. And that's the path I'm walking now, you know. Right. I, I, I love that. But some, some, something triggered in me when you, were, when you were talking about when you and your wife went to a psychologist, we went to we, we Jesus, we went to a family counselor one time. And again, I, I had everybody buffaloed, you know, I told them I was clean and I wasn't, you know, I'm popping 60 pills a day. Oh my gosh. Okay. And, and we're sitting in front of this, this family counselor and this, this guy looks at us and, she, and, and he goes, not only should you two not be married, you shouldn't even be friends. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, wow. oh yeah. And, and we looked at each other like, oh, oh shit. shit. <laughs> okay, well, guess what, buddy? We got you. Okay, because we're still here. Oh, uh, yeah. good Lord. My uh -huh. goodness. That, yeah, that's intense. I was like. I, that was intense. Wow, I, I don't know how I would respond to that kind of a thing. You know, that'd be. Like, well, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. That was that was, you know. 40 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. Right. And I, I can't remember, but wow. I'm sure I just walked out of there and just dropped a whole bunch of more pills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, wow. Wow. It, 
you know, the, the interesting thing too, Di, about, you know, your, your process and, and, and all of us in trying to reestablish our integrity though, is, is authenticity yeah. because, you know, that negotiation process, I'm sure you were doing some people pleasing, uh, you know, through it. So how did, how did you really examine who is Di authentically and not, not let yourself fall into a sense of shame mm-hmm. from what you did so that you could even establish, you know, boundaries were important. Like with the missus, like, Hey, I, you know, in my head, it's like, Hey, I know I was this way in the past, but you, you're crossing a line right now while I'm trying to become a better man. Wow. Well, you know, there's a couple things there that were helpful. And, you know, when I think about it, my kids were quite young at the time. They were both under the age of six. So they didn't really have, that intellectual awareness yet you know of what was going on and so in a way that was a saving grace from Mm -hmm. the standpoint like they don't know really what i was ever like you know like they don't right recall Mm -hmm. that and if they do recall they there's not any negative associations to that other than they do have memories of mom crying a lot (laughs) right and and the occasional fight here and there which you know was obviously due to things that i was doing and um uh so that being said, something that I like to offer up to parents is if your kids have that awareness is, it's, you know, they always, our kids look at us, you know, especially the, 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 the fathers in their lives as the first hero, you know, superhero, their first real role model, that we are an example of what a man is to the, our kids in, in every front, you know, and if you were to sit down and ask your kids, you know, like, what kind of father do you think I am? And I mean, just think that this is, as sobering as a conversation as you're going to get, you know, as you sit down with your child and if they have the awareness to be able to communicate with you, you know, on this kind of a question, ask them, you know, what kind of father do you think I am? You know, be prepared. You Whoa. may not like the answer you get, but that's okay. You need to know, you need to know how do they perceive us? Because if we don't like what they say, then we know that there's some things that we can do to change that. But vice versa, they might also say things because from their perspective, you know, they only see things through the pink lenses, right? Yeah, <laughs> and they look right, at yeah. us as being the heroes yeah. all the time. Well, it's nice to hear them say that back to you, all the things that they think of you that are great. And then we can sit internally. You talk about that integrity piece. It's like, okay, am I really showing up as that guy all the time? Mm, right. <laughs> not so much, but I want to. And I want to for them as well as myself. And uh, so those are definitely some ideas. And I know some people may not like that it might be you know too soon in the recovery process to have that conversation fair enough that's why you work with uh you you know professionals to support you through this process but you know that was something that really helped me you know was getting clear on you know this is the kind of man i want to be you know and identifying some of those key things and key ways that i want to be seen you know i want to be seen as someone that's trustworthy i want to be seen as someone that has much value to offer and can be helpful and can be kind and courteous you know but i also want to be someone that's that's really making a difference in the world. That that is who I always wanted to be, you know. And being a great dad, a great husband, a great brother, a great son, yeah, of course those fall in there. But you know, until I actually ask myself, well, what that person that I'm envisioning, how does he show up every day? And then you show up like that, right? And you just sort of have this fake it till you make it mentality. And believe me, that's what you got to do on some of these days. You just got to act as if you are that. And soon enough, people start to perceive you as that. And it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where you just start living that. You don't even think about it anymore. You just you now show up as that person. And uh, that's definitely happened for me. It took a few years, but I just was consistently putting that out there and setting the intention of, of what's important and then honoring that and living to that, you know? And I, I hope this doesn't sound cryptic. I hope this doesn't sound like, oh my gosh, this sounds like rainbows and lollipops and butterflies and all that shit and that you know i hope people recognize you know what i'm talking about here is just really owning our actions and our choices no look what what you just said is is beautiful because that's that's not rainbows and butterflies that's reality (laughs) is 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 what that is we 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 can we can all tell when when somebody's given the rainbow butterfly speech okay (laughs) but 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 what you just said was absolute reality you know there was, I, I, I've talked to so many young fathers mm. over the last years mm. um, that obviously have substance abuse problems. And, you know, and, and one of their comments was, well, you know, I really can't go to treatment because, you know, I, I'm going to miss my kids. Oh. And I'd say, well, how, how old are you? How old are your kids? Yeah. Well, they're three and four. <laughs> and, and, 
And my response to them was, man, do you realize what a great position you are in right now to go to treatment? I said, you don't want to be in my shoes where your kids were 13 and 19. All right. And, and lived, you know, their entire lives through this. And now you've got to try and fix that. All right. When, when, when they're that age, count your blessings here that your kids are four and six, because they're not going to remember, just like you said, Di, they're going to may remember mom crying, or they may sure. remember a fight or two, but they're not going to remember the, 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 the real stuff here. That's right. Now there does, is there a point when those kids do remember? Yeah. And I believe it's somewhere around seven and eight, you know, because I mean, if we look back at our own lives, really how much shit did I remember at seven? Yeah, totally okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't do it. You know? <laughs> um, um, but so, so, so take advantage of that now. Again, because you do not want to be in the position I was in and going through this when your kids are of age. Yeah. Because it sucks. There's no time, time like the present. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, once you have it acknowledged, it's like you can get to work. There's not a certain point where it's like, well, maybe... Maybe I'll acknowledge this a little bit more. You know? <laughs> it doesn't work. That's like, clearly you know, your life is unmanageable. Right. I mean, you, you, you do not want to be in that position with, with, with like my younger son, when we were in the family session in treatment and I was still being an ass. Mm. All right. Mm. And, and, and my son looks at me and he goes, yeah, dad, he, he, he said, I knew you were stealing everything out of my room, you know, to buy your drugs. But I forgive you. Oh man! Holy wow. shit! I mean, I, mean wow. I just sat there and it's like somebody should have just shot me right in the head right then and there. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Sure. Oh my gosh! Like that's just that's such a profound thing to say in that moment as well. And that's that's why I I love our kids because you know what, man? They just keep teaching us. They keep they teaching, <laughs> keep teaching, keep teaching. Yes, they, they don't even do. realize they're doing it, but man, do they do it, <laughs> you know? Oh, yes, yeah. they do. It, you know, and it's like the uh, the parents that, that uh, Flint and I have talked about it, that maybe you've driven your kids without realizing it towards this substance mm -hmm. because you want them to fit into your mold. Mm -hmm. And I know right. Flint works with so many parents with, this, with that reality and... and Boy, the more you can just straight up love them for who they are and how they develop and just be there for them and help them navigate, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it's, it's a blessing. And it's not a thing if you continue to be a screw up and, and doping up, drinking up, whatever it is, you're not going to be present. Yeah. You're just not, Ugh. you know, so embrace it get after it's it it's so interesting you bring this so I, I'm, I like documentaries. Okay. I, I tend to gravitate to that because it's, you know, I, I like movies, but documentaries or something about it. And every once in a while, I get sucked into these documentaries, these series, docu-series on Netflix. And uh, they've got this one called I Am a Killer. And I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's it's basically. I have heard of it. Yeah. So it, it, here's the thing. I got sucked in. I thought, okay, I'll watch one. It keeps coming up on the recommended list. You know, those damn <laughs> algorithms. Algorithms. <laughs> Anyways, uh, it keeps popping Six up. Six hours later. Uh, no, but quite literally. Yeah. I, I decided, okay, well, they just released season three. I haven't watched the first two seasons. I'll just watch the first episode of season three. Anyway, so I started watching it. And I did, I got hooked because these are real life people that have obviously done the worst thing that anybody can possibly do, which is take another one's life. And I'm not here to, to you know, approve or, or disprove of anything that they're doing, but they've made a big mistake. But all these people, they are remorseful and they do regret deeply what they've done, but it's taken them years because many of them are on either death row or they've been on death row or, or life without parole and they've been in prison a long time. And so here's the, the interesting thing is that they go back and they, they uh, open with they've got a, a very specific format, which is very contagious. I'll tell you that. So be careful if you watch this because they hook you right away with it. Right. They talk about right. the crime. They introduce the main character. But then they go back and they retrace everything, both their history of where they've come from to sort of try to bring some understanding to how did it even get to the place where they took sure. someone's life. And, right. you know, because we're very quick to judge. You read in the papers, you see on the news, oh, someone's taking somebody else's life. And I'm, I mean, it's awful. And I don't, again, I don't approve of that ever. However, there's a lot of things between the lines that we don't know. We don't know the circumstances mm -hmm. that brought someone to that place to, to do that. And the biggest thing is a lot of these people have done it in their, you know, uh, in their teen years or very early on in their 20s. 
And most of them have very, very hard childhoods. Right. Lots of like riddled with substance abuse, but more importantly, with just lack of care, lack right. of connection, lack of love, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's just wild to see that this, ha- this negative effect, and this is to an extreme, of course, but I mean, as parents, we know this, we see this in our kids. Like we, we know they need to be nurtured. They need to be cared for. I mean, all of us know that too, but it makes me wonder that, you know, how close are we, you know, on the path that we found ourselves on with the substance abuse, with the alcohol abuse, with, you know, even my promiscuity and, and other things that I was doing. Like if I kept going down that path, I don't see myself being that much different than the people in these document documentaries, you know what I mean? To, to an extent, because I can almost understand the psychological trauma that people endure. And I'm not justifying their actions, but I just thought, you know, psychologically and, and this power of change in our lives, but more importantly, what it can mean just to have someone look us in the eyes and say, you know what, I see you, I hear you and, and I love you, you know? And right, yeah. I mean, that simple thing, if we just have more of that, and, that, and now this sounds like the Kumbaya speech, but you know, <laughs> I'm quite literally, I mean, I know you guys see this in a much deeper and more intense level based on the nature of your work and what you do and these conversations you have, but I mean, how often do you see this happen with this early, you know, people in their early developmental years, just having lack of, of care in their life. Right. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, yeah. there's a yeah. lot of it. Is that why do you think the substance abuse is so prominent? Is that to replace that lack of attention, that love? Like, I mean, I'm, I know this might not be a question that, to, to, that can be answered in a single line, but I'm just, I'm right. so curious, you know? Sure. I, th- I think that's a, that's a big part of it. I, mm. I, I mean, the spectrum to me is so wide on why somebody is getting involved, why some kids getting involved with substances, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can be anything from that lack of attention, that lack of a parent just simply saying, Hey, I love you. All right. And it, and it, but it also can go to the other extreme that the parent is so up the kid's ass all the time mm, yeah. that they want them to be this, be that, be the other thing right. that like Jason said, you know, sometimes you just have to let your kid be a kid, right. you know, yeah. for, for, for a while. But, but again, there's that, that, we're also in a society today where we let our kids do damn near anything they want. Parents aren't listening to people like us that are trying mm. to warn them about the dangers that are out there. Mm. You, you know, Di, it's, it's just like the fentanyl oh, epidemic that we've right, got yeah. going on. I still can't tell you how many parents go, huh? I didn't even know there was one. You know, I, wow. I, I mean, so, so my point here is that there are so many parents out there today that aren't listening. Mm. They're not they're not seeing the dangers that 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 are not only coming their way, but they're already here. You know, so, again, it's a it's a wide spectrum sure. from yeah. from from, you know, I just saw a movie, by, by the way, because I, I've got a friend of mine. Um, uh, who, who told me about this movie. It's called Peanut Butter Falcon. Oh, great movie. Great movie. Oh, I just love Beautiful. that movie. Beautiful movie. Okay. Yeah. It's just, oh, How many man. times did you cry? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, oh, my gosh. I lost oh, it. Yeah. I lost it. You know? like, oh, yeah. I lost it. Be- well, because my friend, he's he's got a niece that has Down syndrome. Okay. And I met this young lady uh, 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 about eight months ago, and she just stole my heart. And I text, she lives in Tennessee, and I, her name's Lauren. And I text her, and we take pictures together, and I send uh, her hats. I mean, she's just, she's just the best. But, but Mike Espinosa, if you're listening, buddy, I finally got you on the podcast. Snuck <laughs> yeah. um, uh, you. Know, yeah, he, he, he told me about this movie. But the reason why I brought that up is, you know, when you're talking about that, that spectrum of, of a parent not being there, yes. um, not given, basically not giving a shit about your kids. That's what I kind and I can never pronounce his name. Shia. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, I mean that, that role that he played, yeah. I think is that role, Yes. you know, of, of probably no family, no, 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 yeah. no anything in that family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because he was just kind of a wild man, had a heart. Yeah. Definitely. He had a heart. Yeah. But that's the kind of role I think that that he was playing in this. That's a good point. Yeah. I think it, the thing that was interesting to me about that movie is, yeah, there, there was love between him, the main actors for, you know, the, the main character. But there's this ish, interesting uh, push-pull of, well, he can't do that because, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And on the other side, 
why not? It's the only life you get. So it's kind of like as a parent, I'm kind of seeing, you know, I encourage my kids to go, how can I, how can I sit and tell them to, uh, you know, dream big and stuff if I, I'm not going to operate the same way, you know? So it's like, you know, go after it, but learn the lessons, the dangers and so on. And, you know, it's just help them navigate this darn life. You know, we only get one go around. So yeah, you can go do this little thing forever, or you got one life, go big. You might as well. Why not? Right. But, but, but the fact that, you know, it's important to take note that we have that opportunity to be that instrument for our kids, you know, to be that inspiration for our kids and really to, to invite them to dream big, you know, not even so much us acting and, and dreaming ourselves, but just, just, you know, giving them the space to do that. Like, and I think, that is, is something that's wonderful. You know, I, I think back on my own parents and yeah, there was periods of time where they would just let me talk about things that I wanted to do, but you know what? They right. were never negative about it. They were never questioning or asking me questions that would shut me down. Right. It was more so questions that would continue to inspire me and lead me more appropriate leading me with certain questions. Right. And, and I love that. I, I thought that was really just a wonderful way to, to guide. So I, I try to remember that when that, with my own kids, you know, it's like just the questions that we ask and how we ask it is so important for our kids. Cause it just, one, it shows that we, we care, we love them. Like, and that, you know, we, we care about their future, but we also want to support them. However that is. And man, I, I think it's just that idea of feeling supported. You know, like if you think about her, I, I think about my own life, like because I knew my wife was there and she had my back while I was going down the recovery path. That made all the difference, all the difference right, for me, right. you know, just knowing that I had her, she was my cheerleader. Cause at the end of the day, you know, it was her opinion that actually mattered the most to me. And, and it was wonderful knowing that no matter what I did. And as I was down this path that I at least had someone there that was willing to support me while I was doing it. And, and Absolutely. that's what I wish for everybody, you know, is to have at least that one person. And if you don't have that person, thankfully there's some great groups, <laughs> wonderful organizations yeah. like your own. Uh, and, and it's like, plug in, man, plug in. Right. Right. But, you know, I also think and, and and I really do. I also believe with our kids today that that what you know, a hand is to be held mm. and a hand is to be slapped. Ah, got it. Yeah. Mm. And I and I and I and I do believe that there are times when when you hold that hand when it needs holding, but you also slap that hand when it needs slapping. And I, and, 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 and again, not a violent thing, not, nothing along those lines. I want to make sure that no one <laughs> phone calls over this, We're not. Okay? you know, be, because I do, I do believe that we are missing that piece in, in today's society. Oh my God. You know, if I, if, if, if I, if I touch my kid, you know, this is going to happen or that's going to happen. You know, I'm look, I'm not telling everybody to give their kid a right cross. Okay. <laughs> but, but what I am telling them, you know, is when you're, you know, when you're in a grocery store and the kid's screaming, you know, take him out of the, him or her yeah. out of the grocery store. If you're going to give him a little swat on the butt. Okay. Big deal. You know, I, I mean, I do believe that, that, that is a missing piece in today's society. And I'm not, uh, family counselor or any of that it's it's i'm i'm sorry i mean that that is important today that these kids understand when something is not acceptable yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i i i've coined it and i've heard it coined uh almost a child fetish Mm -hmm. in that way like you know i always say my kids are the world to me yeah but the rest of the world Mm -hmm. don't care (laughs) And so to make that sure that they are a good citizen for a lack of a better word that it has empathy, but boundaries and can go for goal, you know, and stand uh, that they become as well-rounded as possible while they continue to be under my roof until they're 18, if they choose to whatever, that they go out and they have some strength in the world and they're going to have their battles or whatever it is. But, you know, I don't want them to go out and be like that. I share my story. I tell them the stupid stuff I've done. They're teenagers now. They need to know. I tell them, hey, I'm seeing some, uh, some, uh, you know, one of my concerns recently was 
I'm seeing you treat yourself how I used to treat myself uh, and talk to myself. Uh, so I'm concerned for you that you could go down my path if we don't start getting you some more self-esteem mm -hmm. and you loving yourself, mm -hmm. you know, because we have to really see these things, you know, because mm -hmm. nothing would break my heart more. Hey, Flint, you know, 10 years from now. Uh, I got to get one of my kids into new perceptions, right. you know, mm -hmm. I don't want them to follow this path. Mm -hmm. right. So I got to take whatever I got to help. But, you know, here's what's interesting, too. Uh, and I, we mm -hmm. have a, a wonderful lady here named Pamela Smith, who uh, is our operations director. Mm -hmm. And Pam, Pam, Pam. <laughs> and, Pam, Pam. Uh, yeah, she she's uh, the she's the best. But she also lost her son to a fentanyl overdose oh, about six years ago. And so we were we were kind of hanging out yesterday after you guys had gone home and uh, and, and and we were just talking and, and she was talking about um, how when her son Jackson, when he was a little boy and and she would she would take him to somebody's house mm -hmm. and, you know, the, then after she when she'd go pick him up, how the parent would come out and say, you know, he was just he is just such a polite young man. <laughs> You know, and I and I told her, I said, that's because you you raised him that way. Yeah. Right. And and so that politeness that that he had, that was I'm sorry, that was taught to him. Yes. OK. Now, as far as and we talked about this, you know, him passing away because and my point to that was kids are going to make mistakes. They're 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 going to do dumb things oh, yeah. no matter what we teach them, no matter how, how we do it, they're going to make dumb mistakes. But the, the good portion was the good piece of that was that she did raise her son, right? He just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Oh, it's so unfortunate, yeah. but I mean, well said, I, I, uh, that nature versus nurture, right? That, that ongoing debate and they, they're both important and they both create who we are, right. And our kids who they're becoming and, uh, you know, the nurturing that's on us the nature aspect, well, it's still a bit on us, you know, protecting and shielding our kids, but at the end of the day, they, it's their life and they have to live it. So it's, yeah. it, it brings up that good question though. It's like, you know, do we keep a shorter leash on our kids, you know, to a certain right, point, right? right. Because, right. but it's hard, right? Like I've been dealing with that with my 17 year old, my, my, it, like my, my 19 year old, and my son, she very different, <laughs> you know, like, right. the 19, right. oh, like yeah. she is just a self-directed, self-driven, just, I would go as far as say a very powerful woman in her own right already, you know, and she's always known what she wants. She goes after it. Like, you know, I'm like, I don't even feel like I need a parent. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, she's parenting <laughs> me more often than I'm parenting her. And, but then like 17 year old, I'm like, I see her and I'm like, Oh fuck. This is <laughs> no, but what I mean by that is like, my gosh, this is when I was 16 and 17. She is doing exactly. <laughs> and, yes. and I'm like, I don't oh, like yeah. this. <laughs> you know? Right, um, right, right. So, you know, it, but it brings up that question. Because, <laughs> Jason, you brought this up too. It's like, how much do you share with your kids? Right? Like, right. Yeah. Because that's where I've been, I've been personally struggling. And it's like, how much do I tell them? Because, you know, it, it's one of those things. It's like, we know better. We do. And here's why we've had these experiences, but I'm like, I don't know if I want to tell her about those experiences. You know, like, I'm like, I just don't. Oh. So I, I'm in that bit of a dilemma right now. And I don't know if you guys have an idea on that, but I, I imagine there's people out there with similar sort of predicaments where it's just like, how much do you share and how do you share it in a way that continues to support them and makes them feel loved rather than like, you know, you better watch it or you're going to end up just like me. You know, like it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'll, well, well, uh, well, well, I'll yeah. tell you, look, it's as far, as far as it comes to, to substance use out there today. Yeah. Okay. And telling, telling our kids, I have got no problem with parents sitting down with their kids. And I mean, getting up in their shit. Okay. <laughs> and, and, and saying, look, this is, this is going to happen to you. If you put yourself in this position mm. because of because of fentanyl being laced in everything that's out there, Disgusting. you know, again, every the, the, the number of parents that I've had to hear go, oh, my children tell me everything and they're not going to experiment with anything. Well, that's bullshit. <laughs> OK, to begin with. But be, because this is such dangerous times, <clears throat> I would rather have everybody's kids pissed off at a parent. Mm. OK, <clears throat> than have them then you have to go to their funeral. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. And that's, a, and that's a reality today. Sure that is more of a reality than it has ever been 
in, in, in our country's history. Yeah. You, you don't know. I mean, it, it's, I remember the dad the other day was telling me that his, his daughter just went off to college and he told her, if you are at a party and you set your drink down mm. and you even turn your head for a few minutes, do not reach back and take that drink. Mm -hmm. Do, do not, you go get another one. Yeah. Cause he knows they're going to get shit faced. They're going to go party. Yeah. Okay. But you go get another one. You make sure you know where you're getting it from. Good. That's how scary everything is out there today. So if you got to scare your kids a little bit, by, and, and again, most teenagers can't be scared, but do your best to scare them. Yeah. That's good yeah. though. I, I, I like it. I appreciate that. And um, definitely uh, working on it, you know, and, and I like Too to bad, think that man. she's, she's, got, you know, obviously a, a great kid, very kind, but it's also like, I just know that she's a social, social one. And yeah. it's like, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's worrying about the other kids, right? You, like you said, it's like, you know, the situations sure. that they find themselves. I'm, I'm more concerned about that. I feel that in the right situation, she's always going to make a, the right decision, but you know, cause it's not a matter of me trusting her. It's me trusting the situation that she finds herself in. Sure. But sure. also, but also understand that brain of ours does not become fully mature to the age of 26. Right. And that is without yeah. any drugs and alcohol. Right. So, so, <laughs> so, so a 17 year old, that, that frontal lobe is still yeah. developing. It is, it is not fully mature. And we all want to think that our kids are going to make that right decision. Yeah. But I'm, I'll pose this question to you and to you. Did you? Oh, hell no. Did you make the right decision? I, I'm a little odd because uh, no. I was such a late bloomer with, with my stuff. That Just say it. I made pretty good decisions up until about 24. <laughs> and then it seemed to go to shit okay. for about a good uh, decade or so. Look, there are going to be kids that are going to make some of those right decisions. But in today's world, you, can, you can't afford to assume that. Mm -hmm. Look, guys, I, I, yeah. Jason knows I've been to too many funerals right. over the years. Right. I mean, it is now it is now in the upwards of, of 28, 29 funerals Gosh. that I've been to, wow. you know, in the last seven to eight years. Oh. Those are just the kids we know. Oh, that's yeah. Those are just the kids we know about. So so again, you do whatever it's going to take. And, and I would live by this statement. Would you rather piss off you? Because guess what, Di? Love is inherent. Yeah. Love isn't going to go away. Your kids can say, I hate you, you son of a bitch. Okay. And the fact is, the fact of the matter is, is they don't. Okay, they may not like you very much right yes. now, but guess what? You can live with that. Yeah. True. You're so yeah. Thank you. You're right. You're spot on. And okay. uh that's good. I, I love the answer. I love that feedback. And uh, well, I mean, I, I know if I'm like, and I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this, like nodding their hairs, the head as they're driving, right? Like they're like, oh yeah, that's it. That's it. Speak the truth. Speak the truth. You know? So because, yeah. because all I ever have to do with any parent, this is all I ever have to do. Mm -hmm. I will say, do you want to meet Pam Smith? Do you want to meet mm -hmm. Ingrid Durow? Yeah. Do you, do you, do you want to meet M Melissa DeVoe? Do you want to meet, uh, uh, on and on and yeah. on to all the parents that have lost their kids to, and by the way, women are more susceptible to addiction than men are. Wow. Really? For lots of numerous reasons that we don't have time to get into, but, but they are. Wow. So, so that is something you guys with daughters have to keep in mind as well. Thank you. This is all the stuff die that nobody talks about True out there enough. today. That's right. And that's the, and then this is the stuff that, that we talk about here at Payne. All right. That. Cause we're, I'll tell you what, I, I would rather be loud and obnoxious <laughs> about this. Okay. Then, then, then not, then not being it. That's right. Because I, I, I don't, like I said, I, now I'm really fired up. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, 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 better, hey, oh. I better, I better stop right now. Cause I get too fired up. Uh, <laughs> uh, take your pill. I love it. Oh, uh, hell. Yeah, it's, um, it is, it's, it, you know, it's scary times for us parents, but it doesn't have to be, yeah, you right. know, and, and like, you know, die with my dad, I believe we've talked about it, you know, um, he's been sober 20 years, we just now really got to the deep, dirty, dark bottom of it. And boy, what a family history I have on that side of some fucked up shit. Wow. There's no other way to say it. Right. So the fact my dad's alive is a beautiful miracle in itself and a testament yes. to doing the work in sobriety, let alone to be able to actually have a bond with my dad finally, which didn't happen till 27, 28, Amazing. you know? So, so I think it's, you know, 
it's tough to tell them when to talk. I, I just try to talk with my kids because, well, it's what I do for a living. Sure. I'm not going to sit there and go talk to your kids. What do you do? Ah, oh, shit. I don't talk to my kids, you know, um, and, Ma- let the mom do it. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, and yeah, that, that, that ain't going to happen. Uh, you know, that, you know I'm, um, I'm not going to put that on my girlfriend. Uh, um, but yeah, I just try to identify any of those things that I see and just be able to relay and relate and just, you know, it, it for me, it was literally, I'm seeing patterns and the way that you're working with yourself, thinking about yourself that is very familiar. That, that type of thinking led me to this, but here's what I think might work to get you out of it. And boy, it was, well, how do I start liking and loving myself? Well, we're going to start. It's a little step at a time, time. you know, and the concept of say something nice to yourself right now. Huh? How do you do that? It's like, (laughs) you know, anything, anything, you know, and so it's, uh, it's the work. It's tough, man. It's tough stuff. Tough stuff. It can be fun though. It can be fun. You know, it's, uh, well, we're always trying to figure out new ways of of trying to inspire and motivate as well as educate our kids, you know, but, but doing it in a fun way that they, that sticks for them. Right. And uh, so that's, that's been a lot of fun the last number of years, you know, just, just, especially when you see them it, when, when it registers, right. And you can see the lights going on <laughs> and it's like, it lands and it clicks yeah. and, and it's like, okay, uh, uh-huh. this, 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 this parenthood thing, I think I'm starting to get the hang of it, you know? And, <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, something will happen the next day. And I'm like, well, oh, there, that, there, that goes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Then, <laughs> then they go off, then they go off to college. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh man. I've loved this. I've loved this conversation. It's been great guys. This has been absolutely, you know, I, I I got too many other things we could segue into, but we're kind of, we're at our time limit here, so to speak. We're going to do this again. Okay. I'm in. We're going to do this again. Uh, Dive people want to know more about you. I mean, we didn't even get into the amazing work you're doing with your coaching with people and everything else, but you know, give us the cliff notes on that, how people can find you. And every and all the goods. Well, thanks. You, you know, as I always say, when I come on to these types of of, of convert, when I come to these types of conversations, the only reason why I'm here is to connect with cool dudes like you guys, but also <laughs> with the intention of just hopefully adding some value and making an impact to somebody. You know, like that's my goal every day. If I can impact somebody positively, just one person every day, I sleep like a baby at night, you know? So uh, just being here, I'm very honored, but I'm also so appreciative. And, and, you know, I'm sure you get this and you get the accolades, you get the recognition from a lot of the listeners and viewers, but I just want to say it again. Like, it's absolutely amazing that you've created this type of, uh, of platform, but space for these types of conversations to happen. And without hidden agendas and simply just to be a place for people to learn and grow and and adapt, right? Because the world's a scary place and we need more of this, you know, more of this. So so just thank you both for for doing this. You're welcome. And and so tirelessly. And and I know there's, you know, you don't hear it enough, but thanks. Thank you. You know, you're like really, really. And, uh, and I, I, now I just got to figure out a way of of sneaking in your, your recordings into my, my daughter's DMs. So, uh, (laughs) I just got to figure that one out, but I'll, I'll, when Uh, I figure that out, I'll let you know, I'll let you know, but, um, I'll tell you, you know, real quick, I'm going to tell you what though, here's, here's, you don't sneak anything is send him the link to our documentary. Oh, Oh, please. Yeah. Cause we're doing part two. That's not, that's not done yet, but part one. We, we, we had that up in last November. So we're going to send you a link Thank to that. You. And you sit down with your family and you watch that documentary. John. Yeah. Oh, I yep. can't wait. That'd be great. Cause we like that. We do our family movie nights. So that'd be a great movie to watch. <laughs> there you Girls, go. I got a good one for you. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, this is good. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Send me that please. Um, Absolutely. So uh, just real quick, you know, my name's pretty easy. Once you got it, Dai is a Welsh name, D-A-I, Manuel, Portuguese last name, M-A-N-U-E-L. Uh, so yeah, as you probably already surmised, I'm Canadian, so don't worry about it, you know? So uh, <laughs> don't worry about, about it. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, if you can spell my name on any social platform or, or the World Wide Web, you'll find me. And, and I always just yeah. say, just shoot me a note. 
shoot me a little hello hi how you doing you know hey this is me like i just love connecting with people so uh, i am most active on instagram facebook and linkedin those are my three main channels that i'm almost active daily on so uh best opportunity to connect with me go there and then if you like a lot of the resources to, to just level up in life, I've got about 1,700 articles on my website. Uh, so lots of content there. I've been Perfect. blogging for, well, longer than I care to admit because uh, it makes you feel <laughs> really old. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I would just say diamondwell.com is, is the next best place to, to check some resources out. And I share a, and I blog. I got a whole series called Addiction Free Life. And it's my whole story about what I did uh, as I entered into recovery and, and made a lot of different changes along the way and some of the things that really helped me. So there's anecdotal uh, evidence that I share there based on my own experiences, as well as, you know, I draw in a lot of science, uh, especially science around neurochange and neurosciences and, sure. um, and just change management. So uh, I, I thought I'd plug that, you know, so, and that's all free. It's just on my website. If people are interested, just go to my search addiction, free life, and uh, you'll find it all. So that's it. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. One of the biggest values that I got out of it and continuing to get to know you was uh, a really good lesson that I learned recently when we were talking about like that one person might just drop a little nugget was about successful and unsuccessful people. Mm -hmm. Unsuccessful do the work when they feel good and feel like mm -hmm. it. Successful people do it no matter what. And with the challenges that you've had, not only with the addiction, your physical health and things, it's just Dai's a great guy to follow. It's an example of success in the life that you wanted to build. And I mean, your transformation, my brother, yep, is uh, is awesome. And I love you. Love you too. Dai, thank guys. you. Thank you, my friend. This is this is such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Jason's been talking about you, and I've been looking forward to this. This is fantastic, man. I just want about an eighth of your energy. <laughs> well, where am I shipping it to? You just give me the address. I'll send it your way. Ship it right to me, okay? <laughs> Man, you are the best. Thank you so much. And we are going to do this again. I, I, I promise you. I want, I want to continue this. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Please. I would love to. I would love to. I'd love to send you guys a couple of copies of my book, by the way. So, Jason, I'll hit you up for your mail address there. I'll send you guys each a, a book and uh, uh, just send it your way. And um, just like as a little thank you for all the stuff that you guys do. I'd love to send you that. So um, you got I'll it. Sure thank you, you so much. And you just say when you want me back. I'll be here. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, please call Parents and Addicts in Need at 559-579-1551 or check us out online at painnonprofit.org. Follow us on social media at Pain Nonprofit. Please subscribe to the podcast and share with others wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. To donate, please click the link in the description and help us save more lives gripped by addiction. This podcast contains the views and opinions of hosts and their guests to the show. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for informational purposes only. And because each person is sharing their unique perspective, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of errors. Privacy is of the utmost importance to us. For those wishing anonymity, people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect confidentiality at the request of certain guests. This website or podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a doctor-patient relationship. If you find any errors in any of the content of this podcast or blogs, please send a message through the contact page.